So I do want to start with a couple of performances that you have done within the, or I guess uh, performances you've done and then uh, subsequently weren't able to do, I guess. But the first one I want to ask you about, I was watching CBS Sunday Morning about a year ago, and J.S. Andaro was performing. And yeah. you, were, you were in the band with your brother. Can you talk about how that, that all came together? Man, that's so crazy that that's a year ago. Right? Ten um, months, I think it was. Wow. Um, yeah, it came together because um, the uh, producer of JS was a good friend of ours, Mike Viola. So when he was putting the band together, he asked us to be part of it, and we were we were thrilled. Um, and because, you know, he showed us JS's music, and it's so good, and his voice is so amazing. And so we actually got to play on the record. And um, and from that, then uh, when he, when he came to doing some TV stuff, he they asked if we'd be if we'd be interested, and we, luckily we were available. And yeah, it's it's really fun because I feel like that's that's always been a big part of this band is playing with other folks, as well as doing our own thing. And um, you know we haven't gotten to do that for a minute, so uh, or at that point, so to 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 suit up and and be in somebody else's band and play their tunes um, with you know with Griffin. Obviously, it wasn't the full band, but. But that uh, that was that was really meaningful for us. And talk about the experience of working with him because his story is so different than anybody else's. Like it definitely must have felt different being in a recording studio with him than anybody else you had worked it with. Yeah, totally. I mean, like he just like you know the the like the stories that he would tell about like you know he was telling us how he told his parents that he was moving to the states to, to go to medical school with every intention of coming to the states to to be a successful songwriter and he did it um and the fact that he's got this career that that you know m- most people could only dream of and now he's like out there touring and making records and and um you know like it's it was so it was so so inspiring and, and surreal to, to hear him tell it like you know i, I was a, a, a white dude from california that wanted to write songs so it was like okay that's fairly easy i mean it's not easy but it's also like me telling my family that I, that's what I want to do with my life wasn't a, a big dramatic moment. Whereas for him, not only did he have to tell his parents that, but he had, then he had to move to Minneapolis because of his love of Bob Dylan and like really make a go of it. It's just the how much courage that takes is just overwhelming. And and being in the studio with him was really inspiring because he does. You know, I know Dylan's a hero of his, and I know he loves a lot a lot of music beyond that. But this one particular quality of his uh, really reminds me of, of stories that you'd hear about Dylan or early recordings you'd hear where the song is never the same twice. And, and that felt, that gave the session such a life, you know, because we were kind of watching him, like, what's he going to do? How long is the outro going to be? Is he going to play the, the, the four chord or the minor two? And, and like, and because he just would, it, the, the spirit would move him and that's what the song would be that take. And uh, you don't, you don't come across that very much anymore. A lot of people kind of, like to map things out pretty clearly, whereas with him, there was this, um, just, uh, yeah, everything felt urgent and alive. Were you able to have a conversation with him about when you had done the new Basement tapes? Um, you know, we didn't talk about that. Um, he's, a, he's a man of few words, and, he, he, and uh, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about his tunes and how to get him right, and he did let us know that he's been a big Dawes fan for a while, and that, that obviously meant a lot to me and to Griff, but... Um, but uh, but no, we didn't talk about basement tapes. Although I'm sure that would have been right up his alley. Is there ever been talk again about doing something like that? The um, new basement I mean, tapes. The basement tapes thing just kind of fell into my world out of nowhere. I mean, I really could not have ever dreamed that something like that could have been possible. And it was all 
due to the generosity and uh, and the kindness of Marcus Mumford, really, for me, because um, I don't think T-Bone Burnett was aware of who I was. And when T-Bone approached Marcus, Marcus was like, sure, I'll do it, but I want you to invite my friend Taylor as well. And so that's kind of how I got in the room, because uh, I knew Jim a little bit, and because um, we toured together a little bit in Australia, and I knew Marcus a little bit. Well, I knew Marcus much better, because we had done more touring together. But I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know T-Bone. I didn't know Elvis. I didn't know Rhiannon. And um, and so the fact that I got the call um, and feeling like easily the, the least known artist of the bunch was uh, just out of this world for me. And um, it was a cool, yeah, I mean, to, to co-write with Bob Dylan, even obviously we weren't in the same room together ever, but the idea that there's a record now where, where it has my name next to his name for the, as the writers of a song is just unthinkable. So the idea of that happening again uh it would just it, there's I feel like I would again have no control over it. It would just have to sort of pop into my life because that's how that one happened. Uh, earlier this year, you were supposed to do a gig with David Crosby and Phil Lesh and and yeah. Lee and, and Griffin at the Capitol Theater in, in Port Chester. That obviously uh, didn't end up happening back in March. But how did that come together? Were you guys all? Did you get to at least have a, like a rehearsal together or anything? We did. We got to go up to because uh, he owns a venue up in um, up in like uh, San Rafael, I think. But um, but yeah, up in Northern California, and uh, we yeah we got to go up there and rehearse with him on on that stage for a few days, and then got to play with him in the bar for a few nights where they do these last minute sets, and and we got to do all the songs that we were going to do at the Capitol, um, and that was a blast because it was um, you know we got to like there's videos of it, and we got to like really you know, stretch out and play Grateful Dead songs with Phil Lesh. I mean, it was it was insane. I never, that was another thing that I thought just wouldn't really happen. And it um, it happened in such a beautiful, organic way where I, like, I think his, his son was into the band and they're always looking, they're, they're such a open-minded bunch and they're always looking for new collaborators. And yeah, I mean, we were in New York when that show got canceled. We, we were there, we were there doing promo stuff for Mandy. We were there, you know, working on Monday and Tuesday doing Mandy stuff. Um, and I think Wednesday too was that final Fallon set, and then we were going to go, um, yeah, up to Port Chester on that Thursday, and then play with Phil on that Friday. But it beca- it was becoming clear very fast, like this show uh, shouldn't happen, and then and then eventually just it, it's it's fully canceled. And you jumped ahead of me, but you mentioned Mandy Moore. At you guys uh, now is it two years? You guys have been married already? Uh, two years in November. Well, first off, congratulations on, on coming you. up on two years. And now uh, quarantining together and working together. Talk about the experience of getting to work with her as she puts together, as she put together her first album in, what was it, like a decade? Yeah, it was a long time. And, um, yeah, we wrote the songs together and with and with Mike Viola, that guy that we were, I was talking about earlier through JS. Um, and uh, he produced it. And it was a joy. I mean, it was so fun to get to, you know, watch her um, – be the musician that she is, be the writer that she is, because uh, she hadn't felt, I guess, comfortable doing that or uh, in, a, in a long, long time. And you know, we it was it was such a joy. Um, I mean, it's a joy to watch anybody get to express parts of them that that aren't, aren't as accessible or as easy to share. And but to do that with your wife, I mean, there's, it's it's kind of the dream of all dreams. So that was that was so beautiful for me. And then, um, and also to be there as a supportive role, you know, I didn't want to be the producer. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to captain any ships. I was there as a hired gun and that, and that felt so good. I was, I was there at, 
and and she and as and like to let her guide me to to get done what she needed. Um, you're kind of in that rare position where you're sort of in a family van where, you, where you've been working with your brother for yeah. Lord knows, and now to work with your wife. And I know those are two very different things, but can you talk about some of the similarities? I guess of that. Um, the similarities are just that everything is um, is. Every you know every word means something, and I, I think that we're we're lucky enough that we know how to navigate that. But uh, but you got to be really careful, like especially like when we were. I mean, this isn't the case anymore because we don't tour like this anymore. But like back in the day when we were in a van, and I you know I was twenty four and Griffin was nineteen, the idea of like okay we're we're running late and we all got to get down in the lobby and someone's got to go like nudge Griff. You know sometimes like having that be your bigger brother just isn't that cool. So, so I would tell. <laughs> Like, why they wanted you to do it? Because I'm not, otherwise I'm just going to, you know, be a jerk. So, like, so there's little dynamics like that that, like, you just have to be a little bit aware of. Um, and, and the same goes with um, with being married, you know. Like, if, if someone, if, if, if uh, you know, we're, we're very open with each other, we're very honest with each other, we're not overly sensitive. But at the same time, we love each other a lot and we take each other's feelings and thoughts very seriously. So if uh, if I say to her, um, I don't think that's the line. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, we're working on a song that might hurt in a way that if Mike says the same thing, there's nothing else behind it. So it's really just being mindful of those dynamics, not not being ashamed of them and not being and not pretending they're not there, um, but just just uh, just on just kind of acknowledging that and 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 that allowed us to everything was really really easy. There was no really no hiccups or misunderstandings at all. This just goes to show how busy you are, even in these t- times. I just spent 10 minutes asking you questions, and I didn't even get to Dawes. But let me just ask real <laughs> quickly. Good luck Good luck with whatever comes out in October. When did you guys record this? We recorded it um, last year. We recorded it, like, um, like I think... May, June, July, not not all, not all, not three months. It really, we were only there for like four weeks total, uh, if that. It might have just been three weeks. Dave works really fast, so yeah, we've been we've been sort of hanging out on it for a minute. Um, it was funny. We were we were like, well, let's not release it at the beginning of the year because we tour all the time. So let's just like let there be a breather um, for the next Oz record, and then lo and behold, everybody got a breather.